Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast. What's happening, everybody? My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. Wait for it. Wait for it. His name is Padawan J. Let me talk to you. Yeah, and we have a couple things to talk about in the land of movies, TV, comics, and more. You are tuned in to the entertainment edition of the ODPH Podcast, and we definitely want to interact with you. So after the show, Pad, where does everybody head on over to? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. For the social media links, for the T Public Store link, for the Patreon link, shout out to all our amazing patrons. One tier, $2 a month, and bonus content is at their fingertips. The blog section... The classified section where you can find friends of the show, such as 3FM Podcast, Dragon Master Games, Nerd Initiative, and many more. The directory, Pat, how many providers are we on? Uh, 92,339. Sounds about right to me. That is why he is the statistician to the stars. The music section where you can hear and download the, the music you hear on the ODPH Podcast from such great musicians as Brian Wolf and the Howlers, Second Suitor, Tom Jolu, Floodlands, Shot of the Robots, and many, many more. Basically, if it's anything and everything, it is the ODPH. You can find it at odphpodcast.com. And if you're on social media using hashtags, well, why don't you use the hashtag ODPHpod? For this entertainment edition, there's you know a couple of stories we definitely want to dive into a little bit. So, Pad, what you got? Well, I think the first thing we got to talk about is we got to give our condolences and last thoughts or some thoughts on the unfortunate passing that took place uh, a couple of days ago uh, of Carl Weathers, the noted noted actor, of course, from the Rocky franchise, Predator. Happy Gilmore was in The Mandalorian, amongst a host of others. I mean, the man's got 80 acting credits to his name. So it's a long story, wow. ca- long storied career. Uh, unfortunately, passed away uh, this pack, past week. Uh, from what I was reading, natural causes, nothing super crazy out of, out of the way, but super bummed to hear that and, and the, the loss just because he's, he's so great in everything he was in. The most notably Rocky movies, mm-hmm. played Apollo Creed, you know, just an unfortunate loss, especially playing as big a role as he did as Grief Karga in the Mandalorian series. You know, obviously that whole portion of the Star Wars mythos not wrapped up yet. So going to have to figure out now what they're going to do with that going forward. But super bummed to hear about the loss of uh, Carl Weathers. Yeah, this one definitely was extremely sad news. Mm-hmm. And watching him in so many different roles, like you touched upon, Apollo Creed in the Rocky series. Yeah. Grief Karga in the Mandalorian. I mean, from anything from Happy Gilmore to, you know, so many different varieties mm-hmm. of, of film that he's been in. Yeah. And every time he's on screen, you he just, you know, had so much charisma mm-hmm. that locked you into his characters and never let go. I mean, and the guy was never afraid to do a voice or show up in something. I mean, I'm just looking at his IMDb page and some of the stuff I didn't know he was in, but he, he lended his voice to. I mean, he was in Toy Story 4, was on an episode of Law & Order SVU, the Magnum P.I. reboot, uh, Chicago Justice, Chicago PD, and Chicago Fire, Mortal Kombat X. Uh, you know, Arrested Development was on an uh, episode of Psych from back in the day, was on an episode of ER mm-hmm. uh, back in 2008. You know, The Shield was on two episodes of the, that, that TV series. I mean, the guy was just everywhere. It was always awesome to see. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. I mean, it, it definitely, 
impacted so many people. Yeah. With the roles he played and provided so much entertainment. Like I say, this one is just an absolute devastating loss. And, I mean, on behalf of the team here, our deepest condolences out to his family, friends, and fans all over the world. This is just, uh, I mean, what can I say? We lost a legend. Lost a legend. If you need a Apollo Creed, uh, Carl Weathers movie to go watch, I'm going to say Rocky 3. 3 is great. Good, good, good. uh, You know, you can watch 1 and 2. Either one of those are good. But if you want, I feel like a good, great performance from a from Carl Weathers. I almost called him Apollo. Yeah, uh, Rocky Three. I agree with you. Rocky Three. He made that movie. Mm-hmm. That, that is not one of my. In, in well, obviously, there's been so many Rocky movies. Yeah, it's it's not in my top three. Yeah, but he puts it in that conversation. I mean, when the, for that performance, when it was announced that he had passed. The the most shared clip, obviously the one from Happy Gilmore was making the rounds, you know, and obviously some clips from Mandalorian were making the rounds. But the one I saw the most on social media was the speech he gives to Rocky mm-hmm. in Rocky Three when they're training, and, and Rocky's really doubting himself. Yeah, you know, and the speech about tomorrow and all that, like, just perfect. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, then a couple other things to talk about, one of which I am super excited for. Uh, hopefully this happens in the near future, but eh, we'll see. Uh, Donald Glover, of course, the noted actor, comedian, uh, singer, has confirmed that the community movie script is done. Really? And he says, I'm all in. Uh, reading from an article on entertainmentweekly.com, says, quote, Today we're greeted by Donald Glover, who has some great news about the long-awaited community movie. The actor who played LeVar Burton's biggest fan, Troy Barnes, on the beloved show, revealed that the film's script is officially complete at the New York premiere of his latest project, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, on Wednesday. Quote, I was told that the script, literally, I was texting today, I was told uh, that the script was done, Glover told told Entertainment Tonight. Uh, While Glover acknowledged that he hasn't read it yet, the Atlanta creator said he's more than ready to grab a copy of the script and step back into Troy's shoes again. Quote, it's really just a schedule thing, but I'm in. He said, I'm all in. Close quote. Glover's announcement comes less than a week after his fellow community star, Ken Jeong, told fans of the series to have cautious optimism about the movie on The Tonight Show. After all, information surrounding it has been limited since Peacock first announced it back in 2022. Quote, right now, I mean, it's really about getting everyone's schedules to line up, Jong told host Jimmy Fallon. I mean, Donald Glover, the biggest star in the world, to get his schedule aligned. And then you have Danny Putty, Jillian Jacobs, Allison Brie, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jim Rash, who's an Oscar winner, were all really busy. Uh, close quote. So I hope this happens sooner or later. It's it's one of the shows I kind of I was aware of, and, and I had seen a couple episodes over the course of the you know course of the years. But I really dove into it in uh, 2020. You know when TV kind of took a break and there wasn't really a whole lot of new stuff coming out. Mm-hmm. I grew to love the show. Absolutely loved it. I'm, I'm psyched for the movie. I hope this happens really soon. Yeah, you know, this one, I think, has such a cult following mm-hmm. that fans really are excited to see it return and, yeah. and kind of give it some closure. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that'll be something interesting to see if they can all pull it off. But, yeah. I mean, I mean, they claim it's done. Just yeah. well, let's get going on it. Then we got a couple of Disney announcements because today as we record, Disney had an earnings call. I'm not going to go through everything. These are just some of the highlights. Uh, first of all, for you Swifties out there, uh, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour movie, Taylor's version. Uh, which I went and saw, not the Taylor's version, at least I don't think it was the Taylor's version. I saw the one that was released in theaters. It was three hours and like 41 or 45 minutes. Marathon movie. 
Uh, I, I, I will say, good movie. Was you know to see what she does during a concert and to see everything that goes into the production of her show. I was thoroughly impressed, you know, just the fact that she can perform for that long. And this ain't just like your average stage where she's going back and forth and she's saying, no, this is like lengthy of a stage. Uh, Very impressed. Uh, But this is the Taylor Swift, the Airs tour, Taylor's version movie, which uh, according to the post on Disney, the Disney plus Twitter account includes cardigan and four additional acoustic songs. So five more songs added onto the movie that weren't there previously. That's probably going to push it over four uh, four hours. Uh, It's coming to Disney plus on March 15th. Say what you will about Taylor Mm -hmm. at football games, whatever. I don't mind it to be honest with you. No, I don't either. It's, it's not her fault that, uh, the camera crews decide to focus in on her so much. Yeah, she's not the uh, technical director. But I will say this. I I have a couple of her songs in my collection. Okay. Not a lot. Okay. Uh, but I think this is very fair. If anybody knows my New York Comic Con story, you understand why. Mm-hmm. She is somebody that actually goes out, performs live, sings live. Oh, yeah. And is an entertainer. Oh, yeah. So I give all the respect in the world for that because you don't see a lot of that, in my opinion, in – the music business. I days. will say, I like. I respected her already. I'm not like the hugest fan. I respected her, but then I went to see the movie with my fiance and her friend, and I came out with a greater sense of respect for her just because, like I said, this isn't just her singing her songs and standing in place and like dancing. No, this is like a whole fucking yeah. It's a whole show. It's a whole fucking production. Like if you want an example of that, just watch like the first 15, 20 minutes of this mo- of this movie when it drops on Disney Plus. You'll yeah. get, you'll get an idea of just how crazy it is. Facts. Uh, some of the other things that were announced from the, the uh, Disney uh, earnings call uh the mandalorian and grogu that is of course the movie that's going to tie up the whole mandalorian saga of star wars uh is going to release in 2026 okay two years away mm-hmm. all right uh then we found out that disney has invested 1.5 billion dollars for a stake in the Fortnite developer epic games which is all sorts of wild and it was announced uh that they will create a new entertainment universe where you can play watch shop and engage with content Characters and stories from Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, Avatar, and more. Uh, Bob Iger said, quote, what if we create a gigantic Disney world a la Fortnite? Close quote. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is like some sort of virtual Disney world Mm. where like I know there's a Minecraft server where it's like a one to one recreation of uh, Magic Kingdom. Where like it's literally like all the rides, all the shops, all the food in like a one to one scale in Minecraft, which is fucking wild. But like if if it, this is like Disney's version of it, you know, where it's like if you've ever been to Disney, there's the rides and there's the shops and there's this, but it's like that in Fortnite. So like you can go virtually. Hopefully it doesn't cost two hundred and fifty dollars to go to. But also I wouldn't be surprised if anyone remembers back in like the early mid two thousands, there was a game called Toontown. I think it was what it was called. Yeah. Where like it was an online subscription service where like you could go, you play games and this and that, and you interacted with some Disney characters. But it wasn't like the whole roster. It was like Mickey, Donald, Goofy, Minnie, Daisy, and and whatnot. Interested to see where this goes because say what you will about Fortnite, but it's it's still around. It's still kicking around and it's still. Fairly popular. Still very relevant, yes. Still very relevant. I'm I'm interested to see where they go with this. Uh, Then a couple other things that were announced. uh, Some mainly announcements. Uh, Percy Jackson has been renewed for season two at Disney+. A lot of people talking about that. Haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. You know, I've been busy with other stuff. I'll I'll check it out here at some point. Uh, They did release a teaser trailer uh, for Moana 2, which is hitting theaters this November. A lot of folks are excited about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, they've got the live-action version coming also at the same time. Right. Uh, Bob Iger said Moana 2, I guess, was originally going to be a Disney Plus series and is now being turned into a movie. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Frozen 3 and Toy Story 5. 
5 got release dates of 2026. Frozen 3, okay, yeah, I get it. Toy Story 5 I'm skeptical about. Because I, I, the first two Toy Story movies hold a very fond place in my heart. They came out when I was young. You know, the third one was a good bookend to the story. And the fourth one I saw with my then-girlfriend, now-fiance, well, Liz Bailey, uh, in theaters. And, like, the fourth one felt like an epilogue in a book where, like, it wasn't necessarily required, but, hey, it's there. I'm interested to see where they go with five, just because you ended it so perfectly. You did the nice little epilogue. Hey, in case you're curious what happened to these characters after the end of the third one, here's a story for you. Is it required to watch? No, but like it's there. That's the one I'm skeptical about. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Anytime you're dancing around five, Mm -hmm. I mean, over three, you're kind of pushing. Yeah. Unless it's all about family. That's true. Uh, but some of the upcoming Disney and Pixar sequels uh, this upcoming year, you've got Inside Out 2 and Moana 2, 2025 Zootopia 2, and then 2026 Frozen 3 and Toy Story 5. So definitely some interesting stuff uh, coming on the line with that. Uh, then switching over to some video game news, and this has got everyone all sorts of interested, myself included. Uh, there's some rumors floating around uh, between Xbox and sur- surrounding PlayStation. Oh, wait, wait, what? Uh-huh. So reading from an article on Forbes.com, uh, the article reads, quote, after a whirlwind 48 hours in which reports emerged that Microsoft was planning to bring big Xbox, game, Xbox games like Starfield, Indiana Jones, and even Gears of War to its rival PlayStation, Microsoft has now responded. But it's in a way that has satisfied no one, albeit what it doesn't say has seemingly provided some answers in and of itself. Phil Spencer posted on Twitter Monday afternoon promising a, quote, business update at some unspecified point next week to clarify what was going on. Quote, we're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event uh, for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. Close quote. Though notably, there are no denials of anything in there, which implies the gist of these rumors that Microsoft is bringing some of its former exclusives to PlayStation or even Nintendo Switch is happening. Through data mining, the only game that has been confirmed to to being on the list is Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush, given cosmetics in the game, given uh, cosmetics in that game, but it's unclear whether the highest profile game being talked about will be given over to Sony or not. The rumors are often that Microsoft is considering each game, but it's unclear how they are con- uh, concocting a final list. Some of these games were there were their biggest of last year. Hi-Fi, Starfield, some are years old, but Xbox icons, Gears of War, and others aren't even out yet. Indiana Jones, raising questions about how all of this is going to work. The response to these reports has been generally negative and many analysts or journalists perhaps seeing what Microsoft is trying to do, but acknowledging the myriad of downsides this decision could bring. The Xbox fan base, meanwhile, is positively furious. As one of the most uh, voracious collection of fans in gaming, they are taking this as a betrayal of Microsoft, which would effectively end the loyal Xbox community as they know it. And they believe their investment in Xbox hardware and digital libraries has been unwarranted if now big Xbox exclusives will be accessible on PlayStation, meaning they could have just bought that system and amassed games on that ecosystem in the first place. 
Uh, as for Microsoft's slow mute, uh, muted response to all of this so far, as mad as people may be, and as wild as these rumors are, it's a $3 trillion company. So they're not going to rush out a blog post about what may be their biggest change to Xbox, the Xbox brand since its inception. A day in time next week would have been nice, however, indicating some sort of scrambling may be going on. There are also theories that these reports have been internally leaked by those at Microsoft pushing back against that decision, but that has not been confirmed, close quote. So from the sounds of it, and I know there's even some speculation that the next uh, Halo game Mm. is going to be coming to multi-platform because somebody found a job posting on 343 Studios' website basically saying like, oh, about a release for multi-platform. And the only thing, at least I'm aware of, that 343 Studios makes is Halo. Yeah. And that would lead you to believe that at least the next Halo game will not only come out on Xbox, but it'll come out on probably PlayStation. Well, I don't know if the Switch is necessarily powerful enough to handle a game of Halo's technical aspects, but sounds like we might be getting some place, uh, Xbox games on PlayStation. Interesting. Yeah, um, I agree. I want to hear more details. Like I say, this is kind of just like fantasy booking right now. Sure. So that's how I'm treating it. Sure. So until we get something more concrete, I'll, I'm going to reserve judgment. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested just because I've never had an Xbox. You know, I, I my first console was a Sega Genesis. Uh, then I had a PlayStation 2 gifted from a family member in like 2002. Mm-hmm. Then I bought a PlayStation 3, bought a PlayStation 4, you know, working on a PlayStation 5. Um but like I've never had an Xbox just because never really wanted to. But I've but there are certainly games I've wanted to play on there. Halo being one of them, you know. And obviously the Indiana Jones game really want to play that, you know. And Starfield kind of casual interest, but like I've already got uh, No Man's Sky, so it's kind of the same thing, just a little different. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see what where this goes because if this does happen, I mean the quote unquote console wars are effectively over. Yeah, you know so. Whether you subscribe or you still fight the good fight for that is entirely up to you. But it'll be interesting to see what happens because it will be a game-changing move regardless of what happens for the entire gaming industry. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, and then lastly, we got to talk a little bit about the Grammys. Okay. The Grammys took place this past Sunday. Normally, I don't watch unless it's like some crazy uh, performance taking place. You know, I, I know I watched the one year Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr performed together on stage for the first time in decades. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Either Kendrick Lamar and Imagine Dragons did that incredible performance together. But usually I don't per- per watch. But uh, my uh, fiance Liz Bailey, uh, she, uh, she said it's her Super Bowl she wanted to watch. Obviously, Taylor Swift was up for a lot. Uh, overall, though, show, I got to say, I enjoyed it. Trevor Noah wore out, wore out his uh, luster after a while for me. Um, performances were good. Just seeing, uh, what was it, uh, Tracy Chapman, Tracy Ch- Chapman. Chapman and Luke Combs. Yep. Fantastic performance. I enjoyed Miley Cyrus' song. I'm not the biggest Miley Cyrus fan. You know, I, I enjoy uh, Wrecking Ball in the moment it gave us on Lip Sync Battle years ago with Anne Hathaway because that, to me, is still one of the funniest things I've seen on television. Uh, you know, but her performance of Flowers, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, you know, and just overall, it was, it, was a, it was a fun experience, I will say. Uh, they, moved, they moved along very quickly. And the thing I will say, I like that they did that. Every other award show needs to take note of is when you get to the last two awards, they'll announce they'll do the second to last award. They'll announce that they're getting ready to do the final award, but first they're going to commercial. Nah, nah, nah. Grammy's new. They went, hey, here's our second to last award. I forget what it was, and then they went right into the final award. Was awesome to see. Also, the closeout having Billy Joel close out the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely phenomenal. Very cool things, except. Uh 
Killer Mike. Yeah, that's true. Well, we know the Grammy Awards history with the hip hop category. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put it to you this way. The whole, oh, then the Jay-Z speech, uh, Jay-Z said nothing wrong in my eyes. Mm-hmm. No, I was, I was super happy Killer Mike won. Yeah. If you, and and I, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to refrain from going in because I've seen some things on TikTok mm-hmm. of people not knowing who Killer Mike is. Sure. If you listen to hip hop, you should know who he is. Oh yeah, just putting that out there. Yeah. Super happy he won. Yeah, uh, and then I got an anime recommendation for folks uh, because I hopped on to Crunchyroll the other day, last week, to uh, watch an episode of Dragon Ball. Uh, for those who don't know, I've seen all of Dragon Ball Z because that's what aired first here in the states. But and then once Dragon Ball Z was done, uh, they started showing Dragon Ball episodes, and at the time I didn't enjoy it, so I didn't see it all the way through. So I'm watching that all the way through. But I saw this anime advertised on the front page of Crunchyroll, and I'm like. Huh, that looks interesting, at least by the name alone. Looks kind of cool. I'll give that a shot. Show is called Solo Leveling. Now, I believe there are five episodes out currently in uh, subbed versions, so Japanese, but with uh, whatever subtitles you would uh, have on your screen for your language. Uh, for English dubbed, there are currently three episodes out, so they're 23, 24 minutes apiece. Definitely interesting. A little bit of fantasy, a little bit of video game. Uh, We'll say if you are someone with weak constitutions when it comes to blood and uh, limbs getting cut off, might not be for you uh, because they are not afraid to show that. And boy, do they have some uh, grotesque scenes. Uh, But the reading from the description of it or a little summary of it on IMDb, quote, in a world of gifted hunters and monsters, a weak hunter, Sung Jinwoo, uh, gains extraordinary powers through a mysterious program, leading him to become one of the strongest hunters and conquering even the strongest dungeons, close quote. So like I said, it's a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of video games, maybe a little bit of D&D also mixed in there as well. Uh, Like I said, only three episodes dubbed right now, but five sub uh, currently going on on Crunchyroll. So definitely, if you're in anime, I recommend you at least check out the first episode i was hooked after the end of the first episode i'm like i need more i say i've seen the trailer here it looks dope uh-huh no it's very cool looks very very cool so definitely want to keep an eye on that yeah uh before we get into comic picks a little bit of comic news kind of caught me off guard okay it has been announced that rob liefeld is retiring from deadpool wow so i mean granted take it, it for what it's worth take it for what it's worth card subject to change yeah because i mean he's the co-creator of the character after what, 30 plus years at least i mean yeah it just it's crazy because i mean i always remember from new mutants yeah seeing deadpool will come on there with the three other characters domino and um gideon i believe yeah you know and seeing like that's gonna be the new thing because what rob did for that title love him or hate him yeah. he, he revolutionized it turned it into x-force went in a lot of crazy ways introduced cable to the masses so yeah seeing him saying though he's done with deadpool i'm waiting to see on it but he definitely gave Marvel, a pop culture icon, uh-huh. and is poised to have a very big year. And uh, we'll kind of wait to see if retirement. Uh, I don't learn to say never is never in comics because you never know. Does this mean Deadpool is going to have actual feet now? Uh, we'll have to wait and see, <laughs> but you know what? I am very, very interesting, interested to see the future of him. And, you know, whatever Rob's going to do, you know, like I say, he's synonymous with the character. So That was I'm, a joke. If you know, you know. Yeah, exactly. If you know, you know. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, like I say, it'll be interesting to see after the movie comes out. I know he'll definitely have a lot to say on oh, his, yeah. his podcast, Rob Robversations. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. I mean, I'm sure he'll have a lot to say in further detail about that. Yeah. But like we said, it's comic book time. So it's Wednesday. It's new comic book day. Pad, what you picking up? Uh, just two things, both of them from the folks over at uh, Marvel. First of which is Captain America, issue number six, uh, written by J. Michael Straczynski. Uh, and then you've got Lan Medina is the artist. Uh, read description of this. 
this reads Captain America versus the Emissary. It's a fight to the death as Captain America races to take down the Emissary before he f- destroys a peace rally and Cap himself. But what physical, uh, when physical might prove might proves futile uh, against the supernatural, will an assist from Doctor Strange be enough to turn the tide? Hmm. Definitely been digging this series. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so definitely give you a recommendation to check that out. And then lastly, certainly not leastly, Star Wars Mace Windu, issue number one from Mark Bernadine. Then uh, you've got uh, Jorge's uh, Gianti as the artist. This one reads, quote, one of the greatest Jedi must stop an incendiary secret from falling into the wrong hands. Even if, even in the years before the Clone Wars, Mace Windu was known for his discipline, determination, and combat skills. When a scientist's discovery threatens the balance, balance of the galaxy, Mace is led down a treacherous path of mystery and action. Uh, in introducing Azita Cruz, a pirate with a deadly secret who the Huts and the Republic will stop at nothing to control. Close quote. Hmm. Always dig some more Mace Windu action. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Star Wars line at Marvel yeah. and, and seeing Mace get his own series. That is very cool. Yeah, hopefully mind. hopefully it turns into like a, a miniseries on Disney+. Plus. I mean, I'd love to see that. Sam Jackson has said he's up to playing the character again. And you know what? I think that would be very cool to see. Like I say, especially with a little, I don't want to say transition period. Sure. Obviously, the Mandalorian movie. Yeah. Yep. Is kind of dictating a lot of things. We know we have that Jude Law skeleton crew yep. uh, show coming. Acolytes coming as well. Acolytes coming. So, yep. I mean, they have a lot of moving parts happening here. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see how they play it out there. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Uh, leading off my picks for the week uh, over at DC, Batman number 142. Okay. Joker year one. I saw the cover for this. I had no idea this was coming. I saw the cover and like, fuck, I need to read this. It's a... It, it's an interesting setup because if you've been following along, this is the fallout from Night Terrors. Right. And Batman has been taken over by his uh, backup personalities. Renner. I, I, I'm not a fan of the personality. I understand why. Who do you hate more, that or Rick Grayson? Rick Grayson. Ooh. Okay. Rick Grayson. Okay. Lo- leaves and bounds. <laughs> so where we left off, and I guess maybe this would be like a little spoiler per se if you haven't been reading. Right. Batman is currently locked in a jail cell with the Joker who is broken. Okay. Because Failsafe broke the bat. Mm. And now they're kind of going through the history of the Joker. So Chip mm. Zdarsky is penning this. There's two different art teams on this. Okay. It goes into like a, a past version, which ties into the zero year. Okay. That you know from yep. Scott Snyder's yep. run and Greg Capullo's. Yep. And then the second is this really crazy future one by a- Andrea Sorrentino. <sighs> This is just an absolute mind-blowing book. Chip Zdarsky is doing some really interesting stuff mm-hmm. with Batman. And like I say, just the the concept here, I'm curious how it's going to play out. And if it appears, it's coming weekly. Ooh. So next week will be Batman 143. Interesting. Allegedly. I have, I, gotta, I have to confirm that rumor, but that's what I'm hearing. Card subject to change. Yeah, so I definitely recommend that one. Over at Comixology Originals, She's Running on Fumes, number one, by Dennis Hopeless and Tyler Jenkins. Mm. So this is like a real-life scenario that Hopeless is like unveiling to the world. Huh. Um, it's based off real-life events, huh. and it is a wild story. Okay. So definitely... Check it out. It's it's a you know very intense uh, emotional drama, but it's a really insane story. And like I say, if it's influenced by real life events, I mean, 
that is saying something. Some of the best stories, no matter what medium it is, always come from uh, real life events. Yeah, or but, or inspired by them. But knowing the story behind this, right, is like, whoa, like yeah, because how it, it spirals off. I mean, it, it, you have a couple with a young family, yeah, inspired by real life family secrets. Hmm. Um, from the 1980s. Like, hmm. yeah, like, I'm just reading from the press release from Comixology. Yeah, it, just where we go. Yeah. Because you go from like a little petty crime into something. I don't want to spoil it. Right, right, right. It goes places. Hmm. So I'm just going to put that out there. Huh. Um, but it was a very interesting read. Like I say, I like Dennis Hopeless stuff too. Right. I think he does very, very good work. Uh, from Distillery, Gone Number Two. So this is by Jacques. Um, Jock does no wrong in my opinions. I think he's been, and the fact that he's doing creator owned here is really pushing some envelopes. It's and always it's, a win. Yeah. It's, it's a really crazy win. There is a little bit of a time jump. Oh, so where we saw Abby in issue number one, she's 13 years old and this one, I believe she's 30. Hmm. So, and the story gets wilder and crazier. It's an emotional roller coaster. And it is, if you like some sci-fi fantasy, this is one you definitely want to go check out. Uh, give it a very, very high recommendation. Uh, very quickly, from Boom Studios, Pine and Merrick, number two, uh, Kyle Starks and Fran Jalan. This is the married couple doing the murder investigation right. going on, right. or, or missing persons investigation, I should say, rather. Very cool setup. Uh, really not sure where they're going with it, but it's very, very interesting. Also from Boom Studios, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, The Return. Mm. This is the series that's written by one Amy Jo Johnson. Oh, I know that name. Yeah. So if you're a Power Rangers fan, you definitely want to have that on your radar. I'm sure you probably already have the uh, the book already in your possession as we're talking right now. It's got a lot of buzz behind it, and rightfully so. Over from our good friends at Image Comics and Black Market Narrative, Rogue Sun number 18. Hey. So this is going to be the end of the current story arc, and then it's going to be a little time off. It is coming back. Sure. Um, we do know that for a fact. So uh, when it comes back, we're definitely going to have a lot to say about it because uh, chances are we might be talking to a certain somebody about that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Stay tuned, dot, dot, dot. And lastly, going back to Marvel to end it, uh, Ultimate Black Panther number one. Ooh. So the Ultimates Universe is coming out. This book has gotten so much buzz around it. Saw a couple of uh, pictures from it. Yeah, it's already on second printing. Wow. Yeah, that is the wow. early news that wow. I've been hearing about it. Uh, Brian Hill and Stefan Castelli, or Stefano Castelli, apologies, really doing some cool things here. Um, like I say, the buzz behind this is really one that if you're leaving the comic shops, you need to have this issue in your hands. Just going to leave it at that. If you want even more comic book recommendations, nerdinitiative.com right now. The bullpen has a ton of books lined up. So if you're looking at Marvel, DC, Boom, Image, and all points in between, including our friends over at IDW, Beneath the Trees Where Nobody Sees, oh, the new issue just came out too. Haven't got a chance to pick it up yet, but definitely that story is picking up a lot of steam too. Uh, definitely make sure to go check all that out, nerdinitiative.com or odphpodcast.com because we've got your links and so much more because that is anything and everything that is the ODPH. And we always say a new comic book day. Make sure to go out and support your local comic shops wherever you're at because it's a great place to enhance your fandom and definitely say thank you for providing such amazing memories over the years. So that is it for this week's entertainment edition of the OD Page Podcast. Pad, thank you as always. Thank you. And to you, the listener, my name is Ken M. We'll see you next time.